You know I've done a B and E before. What is it? A break and enter. Bro, is this guy on <laughs> podcast? This surely this guy go on air. I'll be honest, I had no idea what to title this podcast. Friend Simulator made me sound like a science geek, and whining and dining with Nicholas sounded like we were dating. So eventually, I settled for the rather milquetoast title of Late Night Conversations. However, as you can tell from the short snippet at the beginning, this podcast is anything but milquetoast. It's a wild rollercoaster ride of laughs, inside jokes, philosophical questions, all wrapped up in urban vernacular. And while I've traditionally orientated my podcast around a single topic, such as school shootings, Studio Ghibli, or Do You Want to Be an Author, to name a few, as someone who's been friends with Nicholas for several years, I really can't name many people who are more charismatic, intelligent, or comfortable in front of a microphone. He's a musician after all, and shoutouts to his latest album, self-titled by Legitimate Psychiatric Emergency. So we picked the time, set up the microphones, poured the rosé, and spoke to our heart's content. So, if you've ever wondered what sitting in on an unscripted conversation between my friends and I sounds like, well, wonder no more. For your convenience, I've added a list of timestamps down below as we jump between a myriad of different topics, such as inflation in a post-Ukrainian war world, to will we actually address climate change, to how Nicholas knows, just knows he'll have a son, and Nazism and globalism, just to name a few. Oh, there's a bit of swearing in this podcast, just chalk it up to Nicholas's Mediterranean passion. I've bleeped out the most egregious cases, so enjoy. Stanley S. Chink. What up? Ladies and gentlemen. In the flesh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have another LPE episode, and I assume Stanley's probably going to put this up on his channel as well, which you should go definitely check out. Yes, sir. Having a little drink here. Just <laughs> check out his podcast and stuff, Safety Last. Mm-hmm. You should also check out his book, which I have. Give me one sec. Oh, man, Nick, I didn't even pay you for this. I appreciate this. I'm going to pretend I'm looking at a camera at the other side of the room and be like, this is Stanley's book, <laughs> everyone. It's called Breaking Report. A report about the breaking in. Nah, it's mm-hmm. not a crime fiction novel. It's actually a very emotional novel, you know. But hopefully so, man. You guys can hear it. Look, <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. Do it again. <laughs> That's how thick it is. How many pages are we working with? Here? Oh, dude. I just flipped to the back page, and there's this beautiful picture of you in a suit, dude. Actually, well, I haven't seen this before. Holy well, shit! Once again, I didn't. I did not pay Nicholas to say this. But I will transfer you some funds <laughs> at the end of this. Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin's worth nothing now. Anyway, guys, look, I'm telling you, the best part of the book, coming from a person who hasn't read it yet, is page 189. There is a picture of Stanley in a beautiful suit looking out outwards in the distance. Bunch of stuff there. But I actually haven't read this book because I'm going to read it in Greece, which I will depart yes, sir. very soon. Mm. Emotional book for emotional places. Yeah, that's, exactly that's what, what I wrote at, saying, at the yeah. front. Yeah. Also, with Stanley, you might not get this in your novel, and it's probably shit to be you. But like, you know, Stan, I got a custom, a custom letter from Stanley at the front of mine. So if you're jealous, I guess you know, 
At me. <laughs> at Stanley. <laughs> no, you know what? At Stanley, maybe you could send him his book and be like, I want a personalized <laughs> message. You know what I mean? I mean, that'd be cool. But we have Ching in the building. Yes, Today's sir. podcast is the first of a new idea. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I spoke about this to Stanley earlier. And that idea is, you know, just a free ball podcast. No underwear. You know, me and Sandy both are not wearing underwear. But basically, essentially, what that means is, I don't know, there's no, like, specific topic in mind here, just apart from catching up, talking about cool shit, interesting, and whatever, whatever comes our way. Yeah, I, this is, I think the first podcast I've done where I didn't write some notes beforehand. Previously, I've always tried to, like, have some sort of game plan. And that's partly because a lot of the episodes that I do are very like, you know, I have like a specific topic and then I really try to dive into that. But yeah, this time I was just like, you know what? Like, I know you're a good speaker. And here's the other thing. And and I've mentioned this to you before, but I'll just say it on air. I remember meeting a friend. Who was it? I remember meeting a friend. Actually, this happened like two or three times. One of them said like every time, like she's like, she's very kind. She's like, I really like your podcast. Shout out to her. Every time she's like, I recommend this podcast, I always recommend episode four, and that's the one you jumped on. Right. And she said, it's that mix of, like, light-hearted humor combined with, like, actual wisdom and lived experience. Yeah. Right. And there was this <laughs> other person. Oh, this one I've actually forgotten. But I ran to another friend, and they said, they said, like, I listened to episode four recently, yeah. and I just want to give Nicholas a hug. Oh really? Yeah, they're like, I feel that man. That that's weird, man. I've <laughs> I've never had that before. I've never had like people say like, "Hey, man, I have no idea who you are." Is this what being famous is? Like? <laughs> <laughs> nah, three people, two people have recommended the podcast or like liked it. Wow, is this what being famous? is? Yeah, this is this is your this is your step upwards, man. Wow, people out there. Yeah, but yeah, crazy. Well, I'd like to give that guy a hug too. Yeah, or girl, or anything. But basically, I, I think because of that. And I've actually touched back on that podcast. Like, basically every podcast I'll post, I'll listen to it again. Partly because, I don't know, maybe I'm egotistical. But also partly because it's like, I, I want to see... That. I do I do that for quality control. Yeah, exactly. And I, maybe a little bit uh, of ego. Yeah, <laughs> mix of both. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like hearing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, I want to see, like, where I've messed up. And I, and I really think the, the episode that we recorded... Firstly, the Vagabond podcast is probably yeah, the one of the best, if not the best. One of the best. best, in my opinion, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the episode four that we did, you know, that's one that I touched back on because I think it was just yeah. really, really good. So because of that, basically, long story short, I didn't prepare notes. Right, yeah. No, definitely. I get that. I get that. For me, I've got a more sadder reason why I didn't prepare notes. <laughs> the sadder reason is that I don't know, like, I looked at all my podcasts I did, or seven of them, mm-hmm. not including the band episode. Mm-hmm. As in B-A-N-N-E-D, episode, episode four of Stanley's one, which I had to take down on my podcast mm-hmm. for reasons I can't go into. <laughs> Unnamed reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you PM me. <laughs> I'll fully tell you the reason. Now. I'll give you a link to a private one, too. <laughs> but either way, yeah, no, I, dude, I don't know, man, like, See, when I first started podcasting, I th- did we mean you start around the same time? Or did you, you started like a few months before I did? Or oh, half- we started very close to each other. Yeah, I started like my first episode up, which I think, no, was with the boys, was when I was, used to do Skid Row in Marrickville, which was 
Was that the Ziz podcast? No, 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 no. This was the the internet podcast. I like, yeah, I released that. I didn't release it. That was much later. That was like episode five. In the release process. Okay. Right. Yeah. But that was the first one I ever did. Mm -hmm. Reason why we did that. We wanted to do a pilot for the the radio show that I was going to be on. Mm -hmm. That I was on. What happened to that? Oh, dude. I'll get into it in a sec. Mm. But we did that around like late. Sorry, mid-April. You know what I mean? I don't know if you count that as being a podcast or... I just have it unreleased. But either, when did you start? I think You've I got a started. Lot of now as well. Yeah, I I'm as you would say, I'm on the grind. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Do I look at you, man? I'm like, Fuck, man, I'm I'm slacking. Well, <laughs> when the it thing comes is, to podcast. I I really enjoy it, and, and for me, I think I've told this story before, but for me, I just find people so interesting. Yeah. And if you if anyone jumps on safety last and you go to like episode six, I'm a, I actually interview a person with dwarfism. And I might have actually said this to you before. Oh, right. I was just so curious about her lived experience. Mm. And to me, I had all these questions for her when I met her in university. Right. But I felt that because this was potentially like a touchy topic, it was hard to like approach her to, and ask her. Dude, definitely. But, but what I noticed is like if you put a mic in front of someone and you say like, you know, this is genuine... This is a professional thing. Like, I genuinely yeah. am, am interested and I'll get this across to other people. Yeah. Then what happens is they will actually speak yeah. to you. Yeah. So I, I think Dude. a lot of my podcasts are, are built from like, I have genuine questions and I want them like a genuine answer. There's a particular, to just, to just address like the specificity of the conversation within a podcast, having like a, a place, a space, whether it's digital, physical like my room at the moment we're in my room by the way and all that like having a stage where you say right the goal is a professional conversation okay i don't know if it's professional but like there's a very deep intent in conversation and the seriousness of having a a microphone in your face (laughs) like it actually brings a particular edge out of people Mm -hmm, not like a good or bad edge it's very different from when you just meet up with someone and you're just shooting the shit you know, like the, the fact that it's going towards something almost gives you the extra dopamine to come out and be confident about things. Maybe for some people, maybe for others, it's a completely different story. Actually, I've seen it. It's, it is a different story for maybe other people. They get mm. nervous and whatever. People uh, want to be honest and people want to talk about their experience because they feel the mic also like bestows a level of importance absolutely. on them. It's like, yo, you got a voice. Yeah. It's like a physical reminder. You got a voice. You know what I mean? Absolutely. sick. And jump and touching upon the you know some people get nervous mm. when they have a microphone in front of them. Yeah. Something that I do when I record with people digitally or even sometimes face to face, I will start the podcast earlier, mm. and then I will cut out like five ten minutes. Right. And the reason I do that is because I'll start the podcast and I'll tell them like, hey, it's recording, but I I will cut all this out. Yeah. Because I made this mistake the first time I ever did a podcast. Yeah. I recorded it and I said, okay, everyone, welcome to Safety Last. And the my guest was just shook. Nah, he, he yeah. was just like, oh, because he yeah, because yeah. it was it went from like a normal conversation to like, oh lord, other people yeah. will hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. so ever since that day, if I feel like they're a bit shy, I always start it five ten minutes earlier. Yeah, and then I go, okay, let's jump into the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's like when people say when you're going for like your needle or some shit at like the hospital or the doctors, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna put it in on the tenth second, and you're like, they're like, just count out loud one. Two, and then they just put it in. <laughs> that's, nev- that's never happened to me, to be honest. That's fucking happened to me with blood tests and shit. I'm just like, man, don't lie to me. Just fucking tell me. I don't like lies. I don't like pain. <laughs> Especially when we're, they're linked to each other. <laughs> you know? Flashback to episode four. <laughs> but dude, that was a year ago. Did you wait? 
when's it was a year ago it was it would be a year ago like yeah. within like a week yeah i think i'm pretty sure it would be like a, a year ago in a week now but yeah that was a fucking crazy time man dude last year i'm not gonna lie man i haven't seen you much obviously i've seen you online i've spoken to you online i've seen you hear about out and there and shit but like i haven't been like seeing you like regularly since like yeah last and I, year. I also think a lot of times we meet up is because of the the band stuff pyramid mission so yeah. like we'd meet up through there yeah but it wasn't yeah. like it you know shout outs to Giorgio, shout outs to pyramid mission yeah, quentin yeah. and all that yanni, yanni. Well. yeah but it wasn't like a sit down one-on-one yeah situation yeah. Nah, dude i love this me too but dude 2021 was a fucking shit year i mean okay maybe it wasn't a shit year but like it was just like a dude that's like hold on i just realized i didn't finish off my first question which was why i'm doing this new podcast style mm. <laughs> <I should probably laughs> rewind, rewind 10 minutes ago <laughs> and that was because dude i looked at all my podcasts like all the like the specific themes i had and i spoke about like most of the things i've wanted to speak about passionately mm-hmm. and then after that i'm like Fuck, man like I've, i feel like i have nothing else to just like go on off unless it's interviews stuff Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i didn't really have that many people to interview and shit you know Uh, but yeah that's this is why i'm doing this new form of podcasting i don't know i just feel like i i sort of maybe there's a lapse in motivation to like really just talk about things but i also feel after vipassana as well you know what's weird i feel like not talking about shit anymore if really sense i not like talking about shit like i don't want to talk i'm a mute person now Uh i mean like i'm less sure than ever before in my grand convictions if that makes sense hey everyone stanley here in the post edits i realize that some of you might be confused by the wording of vipassana and what exactly it means and i eventually explain this later in the podcast but in order to spare you some of the confusion i realize i might as well insert the definition now so Vipassana is a type of meditation where one leaves society and the obligations of society for a few days to live in total silence and to spend most of the day meditating. The goal is to learn to control one's breathing and by doing so simply observe the sensations and emotions that arise and then pass in your mind. My friends who have completed this course talk about feeling a sense of euphoria and profound peace after leaving the place of meditation and Giorgio in particular said two things about his experience that really stuck out to me. Firstly, he said that his inner monologue completely stopped and he's referring to that inner voice that comments, elaborates and judges all your actions. It just disappeared. Secondly, he said that after simply sitting and meditating for 10 days, his body was hyper attuned to his environment and even the smallest details he would have previously missed like for example the rocky terrain under his shoe became overwhelmingly apparent so if anyone is actually interested in this and they're living in sydney there's actually a vipassana course in the blue mountains but if you don't live in sydney or in new south wales i'm sure there is a nearby monastery or camp or organization that runs these type of courses if you are interested and by the way just from every course that i've seen they all seem to be free of charge. I don't know. I just feel like I, I sort of, maybe there's a lapse in motivation to like really just talk about things, but I also feel after Vipassana as well, you know, it's weird. I feel like not talking about shit anymore. If that really? makes sense. I not like talking about shit. Like I don't want to talk. Bizarre. I'm a mute person now. Uh-huh. I mean, like 
I'm less sure than ever before in my grand convictions, if that makes sense. Okay. So, like, I wouldn't feel confident, like, going out and speaking. Because, like, when I did all the, the Vagabond episode which was after Vipassana actually end of a past episode obviously which was after Vipassana but all the ones before that including the two ones that I removed like I felt like I had a, somewhat of an idealistic cognition that surrounded like a specific topic or whatever mm -hmm. and like I wanted to convey that out to the masses I felt as if like this needs to be heard like a somewhat not I wouldn't call it activism but like something that that's also tries to achieve mm -hmm. which is the idea of like you know basically just saying like do people need to hear this shit People, this needs to get out there. I need to change the world for the better. When I went to Vipassana, right, and I had the two Vipassana episodes talking about Vipassana Buddhism and all that kind of stuff. After that, I'm like, Fuck, man. Like, there's not really, like, much things I want to, like, convey openly to try and change the world in. Like, I always, I feel as if that's kind of, at least where I'm at, kind of fruitless, I would say. Like, I'm like, dude, like, how you, like, the thing that kept come, come back to me is just like, man, the world changes so quickly. Like, how how would you be able to hold like such a conviction on like some topic with like your utmost belief and de devotion that's that's kind of cool you know i actually weird. think that's kind of cool and just just to let the audience know yeah. just in case you are not familiar with these terms because vipassana is like a strange term it's basically you go somewhere and then you meditate you basically take a vow of silence for a number of days i believe the number of days you did was 10 yeah so i actually think that's kind of cool and maybe this is as someone who like you know likes talking and does a lot of podcasts i actually feel like your place sounds more like the buddha <laughs> than where i am oh, and i'm like that's right. a cool compass to be. <laughs> like you're close right now it seems like you're closer to the buddha than me it's more troubling than it is like romantic i will say but i don't know does that mean you feel like you have no values dude it's weird it's really weird like what we're six months post for passing around or around that yeah seven months person passed and i've had like i think we touched this briefly at the pyramid mission video shoot and i was like dude i want to talk to you about this like next time we meet up and whatever but we, that just never happened because we we're busy but like dude in, in as far as like making art making podcasts anything that revolves around self-expression since the past i've experienced like a such a huge dip in it like a really like dramatic like dude like i've been like you know me man like the past four years i've always been doing something mm -hmm. i've always been like tinkering away at something i've always been part of some project to an extent of another but for the first time in like four years dude something happened i don't know spoke about this with geo as well and all that and i'm like dude it's not in me to create anything at the moment like i can't i can't and and it's weird i don't know how to like i don't really know how to like go about it i'm just at the moment i've taken the approach of just waiting <laughs> is that because you feel like self-expression is you enforcing a certain idea on the world yeah when really like like the buddhist idea is like all vices you see outside is really or usually a projection of the inside yeah so a lot of the turmoil and, and battles need to be fought within yeah. and then the outside world is a reflection of that so do you feel like the outside world there's almost like there's like less of a need to engage it is that definitely. what is that what you definitely mean? yeah definitely the, it's really weird man it's really weird like i felt like this idea of like like coming back to like idealism and speaking idealistically almost polemically about the world and out trying to shift out through my podcast like trying to shift our awareness I guess that's like a whole premise behind my podcast was like shifting awareness to like things that ought to be known in order to better yourself and better humanity. That stuff kind of like left me 
and yeah i don't know i was just like dude why like why like the world's gonna change in the way that it changes whichever way whatever like i don't i don't necessarily need to do this i felt like it wasn't my duty anymore if that's trying if that makes a lot of sense does that mean that you didn't approach it from a a place of love yeah and rather you saw it as like a something like a burden that you had to do in order to help the world yeah. instead of like I'm making music or I'm making podcasts Love for the it. sake of doing it I'm doing it because I purely want to yeah dude I think so I think you're right there I've come to that same conclusion I'm like then I guess it wasn't coming from a pure place you know what I mean I guess it was like a level of obsession surrounding it whether it's egoically or I guess it's all egoically like yeah I think so even with like creating music and stuff as well like, dude, I made that EP recently. I didn't make that recently. I made that. I made a new EP, by the way. Shout out to anyone who doesn't know. You should go check it out. SoundCloud forward slash <laughs> Whoa, that was... A- also on Spotify, also on YouTube. Go check it out. <laughs> Have you been practicing that, man? That was impressive. <laughs> but um, I'm just a natural radio voice. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, that EP that I made, I made that before Vipassana. Mm. I finished it before Vipassana. The only reason why it came out recently is because I sent it to my cousin, Nick, who, who without him, I wouldn't be able to have this podcast. He's the one who provided these microphones. So you should definitely check him out. His name Shout is outs. Nick Hadzakos on Instagram. If you need anything mixed and or mastered, you should check him out. 100%. Either way. And that's not the... That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's my man. cousin who has the same f***ing name. Hey, man. I, I got to bring this up. Mm. And we'll go back to the uh, to serious Vipassana mm-hmm, talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, man. Greek culture, thousands of years. Okay? Awesome. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. China too. <laughs> you guys need to get another name apart from Nick and George. That's actually, you know, it's funny. I asked my parents the other day. I'm like, why is me and my first cousin Nick? Like, why are we both named Nick? And my uncle turns to me. He's like, you know, you're named after two different Nicks. And oh. I just lost my shit laughing. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah, what is it? Can you explain what that means? <laughs> so I was named after my dad's grand granddad mm-hmm. right which is my uncle's dad as well mm-hmm. sorry i was named off my dad's dad which is okay. also my uncle's dad yeah named nick yeah nick was named after someone else called nick i don't know but okay. someone else in the family was also called nick there's too many nicks man yeah well that's it confusing still comes back down to the same question of like well okay we're named after two different nicks but still why are there two different nicks <laughs> in a place where they're like freshly able to name someone <laughs> like why is that a thing <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah no weird but anyway back to what we were saying earlier back to the past and, and feeling yeah. like self-expression wasn't as essential and and talking about the purity of the art oh yeah that's right i was saying as well um, yeah the reason why i didn't release the podcast was also because nick was super busy this whole mm-hmm. year like he's been going ham so it was hugo Hugo Ferrer, good friend Hugo Ferrer, Estroy Pablo, check him out on Instagram. Also mixes your shit. Also is a music man himself. Check him out. They only had the free time recently to mix it. So the song, the EP that we released, like I was finished with it six, seven months ago. They only began to work on it like a month ago. You know what I mean? And that's why it all kind of it all kind of happened. That wasn't like a fresh thing, you know. But uh, but you know, after the past, not definitely like something has changed within me for better or for worse. For the most part, right now it seems like for worse. When it comes to creative world, is like learning how to make things and doing things out of the love of doing them more, rather than like the uh, the egoic maybe like you know the egoic pursuit of like, oh, hey man, I made this. It yeah. Sounds stupid, but this is me on the table. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this is this is me. This is me. This is you know that obsession with the I, the me. I made this. This is my effect in the world. Which, like, a lot of cultures actually, like, parade, 
Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, no. I guess after Vipassa, that kind of somewhat terminates a little bit within you. Apparently, and mm. and I'm not sure how true this is, but I didn't read this somewhere. In Asian cultures, because there's less of a focus on I, yeah. when someone would write a book, they actually would leave it untitled. Wow. And that idea really only came with the West. Right. Or they would like attribute it to like, let's just say, you know, I'm living in the 12th century, I don't right. know, Japan or something. Right. I write something and then I would just say an extension of Buddhism or extension of Confucianism. Right, okay. And apparently they wouldn't really attach the name to it or they would... That it wouldn't be strange for them not to, you know, write. Right. I wrote this. What when would they write the author as someone else or a made-up character? I I actually don't know. Do That's a good question. I'll have to search that up. All I do know is from what I've read, and once again, someone please fact-check this. But there was there wasn't a much of a drive to put your name on it. And actually, interestingly, yeah. talking about how language shapes, you know, we're jumping all over the place because we don't have notes. But talking about how language shapes, like. A culture yeah the word i was actually not used very often in chinese right. like instead of saying i do this like you would substitute that i for like more of a passive term yeah right and it's interesting how like that idea would have probably created this community focus like it's right. almost like you know like the chicken or the egg question like yeah. you know which one comes first well, it's really hard to differentiate between language and culture. They really are extensions of each other. But right. the fact that this culture didn't use I that much yeah. changed the cultural values, which then shaped the language and then vice versa. Right. Okay. Interesting. Do you know where I was headed with that? No. The, where I was headed with that was, uh, is Lao Tzu real? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> you know, million dollar question. You know what? I have no idea if Lao Tzu is real. To be honest, I think he's so cool that it doesn't even matter. No, nah, I want to believe he's real. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, so, I, so to me, I'm like, man, he totally rode on that water buffalo. Yeah, like, no. born from his parents from a beard. Like, totally, 100%. Well, I mean, you know what? Even if he wasn't, I guess, tying it back into the idea of what you just said with the, the indistinguishability. I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up now. Indistinguishability <laughs> of, of, of a culture and the language. I wonder if... Th- Lao Tzu, in quotation marks, was a reflection of genuine culture back then. And like how... Yeah, but I, I don't know. Probably. Like, you know, rather than just being like one guy, there's like, you know, obviously some person wrote it, but also like the thoughts of a community. You know what I mean? Like how closely knit that all... They they know. actually say that's... There's like many different theories. And one of the theories that pops up is actually... It is just a collection of community writings. Right. So that's actually one of the Real. ideas that get brought up. So there's either the, you know, Laozi like realist school. Yeah. But you know, usually in the 21st century, it's it doesn't have the magical elements to it. Yeah. And if not that, the other element is like community of people, community of Taoists who had these views, and then they published it, and then they just gave like a random signifier, a random symbol who created it all. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, no, f***ing, when do you plan on doing Vipassana? I tried, I tried to, I'm not sure if I said this, I tried to book it. Yeah. I really want to, and when I go overseas, I plan to do the Taoist retreat, which... Right. Do you remember me sending you that? I remember saying it, but explain to everyone what that is. Yeah, so basically it's, I guess it's very similar to to the Vipassana retreat. Right. In the sense that you go over, well, you go to a remote place... And then you sit, you meditate, and 
you just do like Taoist things. So, so for example, from Dao's what I've seen, Taoist things. Such as graffiti. <laughs> no, drink, no, <laughs> no drinking mercury from, from what I've gathered. <laughs> but... <laughs> Bro, what the f***? <laughs> I was ready for that. I wanted to hear you explain. I drank so much mercury. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I figured it out. I just, <laughs> just drink mercury. But from what I've seen, they wake up like early in the morning, which seems to be a, a lot of like a lot of these retreats. They they focus on waking up. Wake ups. Yeah, they yeah. F- they focus on that, and then they do like martial arts outside. Well, you know, there's like scientific. Sorry to interject, but there's scientific like up uh, grounds behind waking up early, like before the sun. Really? Apparently, it. This, uh, if you're a guy, you know, you get... How about the, if you're a female? Like, I don't know, some f***ed up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no only guys. Only okay. guys. All females, turn it off now. <laughs> we don't want you here. <laughs> the thing is, that, guys, if you want the most testosterone occurring in you naturally, if you want to increase Damn, your T levels... this is real? Yeah. Or George Aroni told me, and he, he's a smart kid, I trust him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> George Aroni told me that, like, if you wake these scientific journals on them and shit like that but if you wake up like before the sun so that sun rises you that's how you naturally increase your body's tea with your circadian rhythms anyway but yeah there's like dude a, you're making me feel guilty because I've stopped doing cold showers oh really now I feel guilty dude, no don't feel I've been waking up at 12 every day <laughs> I'm not regretful whatsoever you, you know actually talking about to people who are in Sydney right now timestamp it's like early July 4th 4th of July the weather is trash and it's actually like reduced my mood like I remember waking up I got 8 hours of sleep Mm. which is very healthy Mm. I woke up around 8.30 which man that's decent that's way healthier than me and then at at the afternoon I I just slept for another 2 and a half hours (laughs) But I'm like, Bam. why am I? I'm not even tired. Like, I'm just so lethargic because yeah. I can't go outside. No, yeah. A- and it, it's... Dude, there's there's like a metaphorical imprisonment that comes with rain in winter. Rain in summer is a bit different because you're like, ah, you walk outside. You're not yeah. like, oh, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, this is refreshing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that you would go for a jog in the middle of the rain. Like, some crazy... Hmm. <laughs> you know because crazy people do <laughs> like, Joe Rogan green Joe juice Joe Rogan green juice people like, like run in the rain with like a backpack with like weights in it <laughs> I know? hate those people I hate those people so much <laughs> this is going from a person who wakes up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon has breakfast at 2 o'clock <laughs> and has like a bath <laughs> Dude, you know I haven't, I haven't showered in like 2 weeks I've really only, I've only had baths oh I've okay I've become an indulgent piece I did of not shit. expect this to turn <laughs> to this conversation. So do you ever do you ever throw stuff in the bath like bath bombs? Yeah. Nah, I'm a purist. <laughs> purist. <laughs> yeah, there's different class of us. So <laughs> there's like subgroups of, of bathers out there. <laughs> so is purist just hot water? No, and soap. Okay, and soap. Yeah. I mean, I have a well, shower. How much of a purist off. are you if you use soap? Okay, and the, okay. Animal fat. I'm like, I'm like neo-purist. You <laughs> okay, neo-classical. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 no, I only put hot water. Oh, okay. I, only, I literally just let the hot water run uh-huh. until it's like full. And then I do like a minute of cold water just so I don't burn myself. <laughs> yeah. And then like, then I jump in. And how long do you stay in these baths? 15 minutes. Okay. I try push 15 or 20. Uh-huh. Because like, that's when you get all the good chemicals. 
like the endorphins, the neurogenetics, neurogenesis. Well, you've taken a scientific approach to baths. Yeah, no, I've just watched Joe Rogan a bunch of times. <laughs> you know? No, but there's like actually, there's like science, there's like neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. Is it when you're in like your body is hot for more than 20, like really Neurogenesis hot? Evangelion? Yeah. <laughs> neurogenesis Evangelist. <laughs> it's a great Get up. in the bath, Shinji. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the bath, Shinji. <laughs> you have to bathe. <laughs> but no nah, man like it, it's really good for you but like I just do it because I'm, I'm like indulging like, I'm not doing it because I'm like oh uh, my neurogenetics like, <laughs> like oh my, my, my macros like, uh, <laughs> like I'm just being indulging I'm just like ah oh, yes wonderful <laughs> anyway yeah no, like um I've just been a bingus recently. Go back to what you're talking about Dallas retreats you're waking up at 4am oh yeah yeah so the the See, idea is what happens is, when you don't have notes. Yeah, exactly. You just go everywhere. <laughs> just like go there's everywhere. no plan. <laughs> yeah, no. I hope you guys like are all, all on Ritalin right now. So, <laughs> so you're like, wow. <laughs> like, you know, uh, as as I was driving here, actually, mm. and once again, I'm taking a detour. But as I was driving here, I'm like, what, what would be the best like way to listen to this? And I think it would be like, just seeing this as like you're the third person in a conversation. Yeah, dude. Like you're just sitting beside us yeah. and you're third person in this This is combo. friend simulator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like... If, yeah, this yeah. is a friend simulator. Yeah, dude. So, hey, you're out there. <laughs> I know you're lonely. You got bullied at school. Something <laughs> bad happened today. You know, I don't know. If girlfriend broke up with you and you have no friends because you're a loser. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Stanley or Ice podcast <laughs> and you're like, man, I feel like I, have, I need friends today. Now, here's your chance. Here's your, hey, you know what? If you PM us, we will reply. I will reply. I don't know about Sam. I'll reply. I Especially reply. if you put your credit card details. Yeah, I'll, I need... I'll definitely reply. I also need credit card details. I need, like, security information about your house, including all possible exits. <laughs> you know, what time do your parents go to sleep? What time do they wake up? Is your dad big? Is he the type of guy to do something? Is there weapons in the house? I need all Is these... Is there animals, dogs? <laughs> Anything Let I us know. be aware of while I'm creeping in. <laughs> Yeah, you know I've done a B and E before. What is it? A break and enter. Bro, is this going <laughs> podcast? This surely this can't go on air. And by B and E, necklace means breakfast. Uh, never eaten. <laughs> not not what you think it means. <laughs> like in entertainment. Yeah, you that's know? it. Hip hop. What's, what's that show that was like on MT, MTV? B and E, B, B, Black Entertainment Channel. The, Do you uh, no, like that's two thousands. Like they had like black hip hop awards, and it was literally called. B- I, I still think it's it's still around. Like B B T B B N T B T N something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still around. I, I yeah, think. no. Uh, well, either way, yeah. Yeah, you're on that, not not doing the other thing. No, I wasn't being. <laughs> no way. It was a long time ago. Man. <laughs> I was like fifteen, so they can't get me for it anymore. Yeah. Actually, wait, no, I have to wait ten years. You were you were nine. You were nine. That's what you mean. Uh, yeah, you weren't fifteen. Yeah, you were nine. I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it wasn't illegal. I was breaking to my friend's house to because he f- locked himself in the bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, is, that, that was so dramatic. <laughs> I did B and E. This is a cover up. <laughs> this is a cover. That was the reason. <laughs> that was a cover up. That's happened to me before. I've locked myself in this room by accident once. Because the, the lock accident. on my door is from the other side. Bro. So I s- can lock myself in here. I can't get out. Can you open no, the... No, I can't. It was just like a ton worth of shit. Like, but, but if you moved it, you could technically, right? Yeah, but I couldn't be bothered. Yeah. Okay. So I just rang, I rang Nathan <laughs> and he lives in Botany. I live in Elwood. How like, far is the drive? It's like 16 Ks. Damn. It's like one side of Sydney to the other. 
And Dude, he loves you. <laughs> yeah. I'm I serious. Everyone. He loves you. I rung, I rung Hugo. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm in Hornsby at the moment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's like, just kick the door down. <laughs> I started kicking the door. <laughs> I'm like, Hugo, bro, I'm not going to break my door. <laughs> like, that, that was after eight kicks. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I rung Nick. He was at work. I rung everyone. Yeah. Like, everyone was busy. I rung Nathan. He's like, all right, f- coming and like he had to break into my house yeah like yeah, unlock yeah. the door i had to piss the whole time was you, you know you know it's funny if this happened to georgia's house this would be undoable because he has like two like huge german shepherds yeah no i wouldn't put that. i i i i, I georgia if you get locked in your house that's on you dog <laughs> i'm out man I'm, there's unless no way i'm coming me. in yeah no unless i can i don't know unless no, you I give me I a gun if i get one up on the dogs but i don't think i'm gonna get a one up on them <laughs> no they're huge dude they are huge the first time i went over man it I was tried terrifying to pet one and it jumped on me yeah and like its head was where my head was yeah it is humongous. Like, yeah like, yeah this is a bear yeah exactly like, if i was drunk in the woods not that we have bears in australia <laughs> but if i was drunk in the woods and in america and geo was walking his dog for that fucking reason <laughs> like i would not hesitate to shoot it <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's a bear before it's a dog. Yeah, you know, it, it it's a smart self defense policy. Mm. Like the the Lambos household is untouchable, Im- impregnable. Yeah, <laughs> is that the word? Impregnable. I, I think so. It, it's it's used when describing like, can you? It's actually oddly sexual now. I think about it, but it's used like, can you break into like a castle? Right. I th- I think so. But, but anyway, that's a treat. <laughs> What else oh. do you do? 4 a.m. in the morning. You're going to book it. Have you applied to it? No, I haven't. But okay. I, I've, you know, I've looked at the, I guess, the place and the setting and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the goal is to do it. Mm. I just don't have the opportunity right now. But right. Yeah. Is it because... I'm uh, not in the country. You're not in the country, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you know when you're going to be... Do you know like a hard date? So the thing is, I mean, COVID has messed everything. everything. And you know, honestly, this yeah. is something that I want to talk about. Yeah. Do you feel like in the last three years... Mm because of covid yeah the amount of like joy in the world has just like decreased i'm not sure if that's a grand narrative like yeah like that's a big narrative for me trying to explain the whole world but i really feel like relationships oh, yeah, which is dude, a big no, part of community and, and life and love yeah has really taken a hit dude i think so when covid started i was 21 now i'm oh. 20 i'm turning 24 yeah. this year like what the fuck mm. Which is crazy, man. Hey, it's still around. But um, luckily enough, touch wood, I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. I'm like the only dude that I know that like hasn't been infected. Maybe because I have beautiful genes. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, yeah, dude, I think so. I feel like... I mean, look, well, okay, I'm trying to think, dude, because this is the hard thing. When I was 21, the year leading up to that, I was like studying heaps. You know, I never really went out that much. Like, Why were you studying so much? I was doing psychology at Macquarie. Oh, okay. And that was like a heavy... F- unit Mm -hmm. and i had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like i couldn't like i wasn't like going out seeking you know the the life the high life as you would say like i wasn't being irresponsible i was trying to be as responsible i could be and yeah i never i never did that much stuff beforehand like the the years leading up to me being 21 like i did a few shit like i went out a whole bunch and whatever but like I didn't really find uh, you know i didn't find sydney out nightlife too attractive from the beginning Mm -hmm then raves i became aware of raves and that was during you know what i can't compare it because remember that was that time in there was 2020 remember the end of 2021 when we went back to zero cases or like halfway through three quarters way through 2021 there was a period in time where australia had zero cases of covid 
And that lasted I from, do remember that actually Yeah that lasted from November to June of Sorry 2020 November to like June 2021 We had zero COVID cases Just before Delta came out That was beautiful I was going out dude I was literally going out twice a week And I was full like studying too I was going out twice a week Talking to everyone You know making all these new friends I was playing music Doing all this hectic shit Going out There was a rave happening every weekend If it wasn't a rave We'd do a rave mm-hmm. You know Loads of fun every, Relationships were thriving Everyone was ready to go out Be human beings again We just spent like a year in lockdown All that kind of stuff Like it was great And then Delta, then Delta hit Then we went into the mega lockdown If life without COVID Was like that period Of like a few months Where we didn't Then I'd say yeah Definitely It goes without a doubt That life would have been Like the, the joy is also Has been sucked out of life But another angle is At the same time Like now I'm older Turning 24 this year In my books That's like a core sign for me Like yo get your shit together Get your shit together Like I'm starting a full time job When I get back from Greece You know I'm trying to get my shit together Professionally And the thing is the thing is, it's like, we also got older too, and the stakes have become higher. And, you know, now it's getting to ages where you should be more aware of, like, your surroundings. We were like, you know, I'm not saying you don't party as much as, say, maybe some people party less, or do, like, other hectic shit less, you know. But, I mean, like, I feel like the fun in what we normally would expect has been shifted from one place to another. You know what I mean? And where has it shifted to? I don't know. Some people, it's playing games. Some other people, it's doing podcasts. Like, I started this mm-hmm. during lockdown. You did basically as well. You know, I'm sure being in lockdown has given you a lot of opportunities to write book stuff for me. I've written the EP, you know, kind of stuff. Meditating as well for me. Like, that was a big thing during lockdown that I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the, f- I feel like the fun has, like, adapted. But it's definitely gone from the places you would have expected to see it before COVID, if that makes sense. Like, you know, and that's just, I don't know, I, I guess like, man, I guess that's what a pandemic does. Mm. But another angle is always like, yeah, the world has definitely gotten grimmer too. I feel like an illusion has been dispelled, uh, like among the masses. Really? What's the illusion? Like the illusion of like, oh, we're untouchable. <laughs> Woohoo. Mm. You know what I mean? We definitely can break shit. We definitely things can definitely go wrong and i feel like COVID has really betrayed that and also the civic unrest that that has led to at the same time you know there's been a lot of political oh like, yeah um, heaps heaps over the past four years we had the so black much. lives matter stuff all yeah. the whole george floyd stuff now recently like a few weeks ago we had the roe vs wade thing yeah we have the ukraine war yeah that's a war like you yeah. don't see a war in Europe, man. You don't. Yeah. Like it's easy to look at a war in like Afghanistan, and be like, oh, that's in the desert. Yeah. It's like yeah. another map. Yeah. You no, know, it's like, dude, this is like a day's travel from Greece, mm. or not even. You know, really, I mean? not even a day's not travel, even, dude. Not even. I, you can get from Greece to Rome in two hours, and you can get to, from Greece to the UK in like six. You can get from Greece to Amsterdam in four or five. Really. You can get from Greece Impressive. to Ukraine in probably around. I'm gonna say seven hours. Okay, seven hours. But definitely by, definitely by one day. Definitely. Well, okay. I mean, think about it this way: I'm leaving to go to Singapore in two days because it's connecting flight mm-hmm. to Europe. From Sydney to Singapore, it's eight hours. Okay. Sydney to Singapore is a long way away. Mm. You know, considering how big Australia is. But yeah, it's like the war is definitely within, on the home front, to an extent. You know, mm. what else has there been? There's been people lose lo- like the depra- like male suicide rate is like higher than ever before mm. it's astonishing uh, and that's ma- that's partly or mainly because of the isolation aspect of covid or oh, that definitely that definitely added to it i'd say 
for sure like mental health like almost i don't know if my friends are, my friends are just like crazy but like a lot of my friends seeing therapists like a lot of them what else like yeah dude economic problems everywhere supply chain problem i had to leave my chicken i used to work at a chicken you know this i used yep. to work at a chicken shop for like two years i had to leave because my my friends who owned it like they went like they couldn't they couldn't do it anymore because covid was such a huge impact they had to sell it it's for the better because now i'm working a professional job so <laughs> <laughs> which is good you know but um but yeah like shit like that you know i mean like yeah for me it was like a stepping stone kind of thing but like for other people that was a livelihood they can't do that anymore other people have just straight up died man like i'm gonna be serious people out there like grandparents have died because of covid you mm. know what i mean friends have died because of covid or whatever the f you know like i feel like this whole like covid plus like the surrounding environment over the past three years has really shown us that we're not we're, we're a lot more fragile than we're made led to believe in times of like peace and prosperity mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean arguably you could also say there never was peace and prosperity it was just a matter of perspective of where you lived in the world mm -hmm. and how yep. rich you were yep. but uh, yeah it's really it's really tossed it up over the past few years and uh, yeah to answer your question definitely think that covid has taken the sunshine out of life you know what i mean but what are you gonna do man you know think about like think about like grandparents like my grandparents rest in peace they're dead now but like they lived through world war Two. you know what i mean you probably have family that lived through it you know most people would have family that have lived through it you know and like what about vietnam or what about like you know there's always like an endless stream of like a generation's toil mm, a generation's absolutely. great war and i feel like anyone in a certain amount of their lifespan would be like oh this is our big thing you know what i mean and dude we're still young don't get me wrong we're still fucking so young like who mm, knows yeah i hope nothing fucked up happens <laughs> you know but yeah does that make sense absolutely yeah. and i i think your idea of this is every generation has a test because yeah. there's you know history is so it, it, it's not smooth like you know life doesn't go exactly as yeah, how we never. want and i feel like actually talking about this sense of grimness yeah. i think in particular in the west yeah and i say this because i really think economically like the best time to be alive and the best place was probably in the western world from i would say i don't know 70s to i don't know 90s or something like yeah. that period of time yeah. basically because no other economy in the world mattered it's yeah. like america europe japan yeah. that's it yeah india not no mm. economy china mm. no economy mm. afghanistan you know no economy and all these places and but as these other countries have gone up a lot of the wealth is actually redistributed yeah definitely so i think there is like there is like certainly like a worldwide grimness in terms of covid cases and climate change but i think that's exacerbated in the west because the economic difficulties that i think we've been very privileged that like i was speaking to someone for the yesterday i was speaking to a friend and he said like you know like i didn't realize inflation was that like powerful that strong oh, yeah, it's very powerful yeah but like in other countries where they've actually ex experienced inflation like serious inflation mm. they would look at that comment and they would like laugh yeah and they're like oh your bread increased by 40 percent Something like yeah, that's yeah. nothing like if you look at Sri Lanka right now it's it's in, 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 that's crazy well yeah dude I feel like as well to to have like a another thing I want to add on to that as well an interesting idea is how during the the late 20th century 
Okay, one thing is this with global economy. And look, I'm no economist, but I'm a historian. I'm not, I've got my last year in history, so sick. I, I guess what I'm trying to say I know things. I'm smart to say <laughs> this. Yeah, I'm smart enough to say this. Is that like, yeah, there's no other economies in the world that matter, definitely, 100%. That's a, it's really crazy to think about that. But not only that, but we had no perception of the economies that weren't basically non-existent in those countries. So we had no idea of what real ghettoism really looked like outside of the, the, the Western world, right? Or the first world countries. Now, and, and also with the global economy, the way economy, for people to be rich or for people to be affluent, that means someone has to be a loser. Mm-hmm. When you're, even when you're trading crypto, when you make a profit off crypto, do you think that's like a fucking innocent like little gain you've made? Like, oh, look at me. I've made like 400 bucks. Well, the world's beautiful. I'm good dot on my everywhere. No, that <laughs> means, that means good when, you, when you've made 400 bucks, that means XYZ people out there have lost 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Whether it's one guy who made re- one really bad decision and like you've just stolen his money or you've stolen one cent from however many people to accumulate 400. I'm not a mathematician. So, you know, like Pete, there's always a loser, right? Now, going into the 2000s, when we have this idea of global global economy again, the other thing is it's like that's heightened because there's all these countries that are doing well, right? And all these countries like coming up, that means things are worth less now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With that coming, that also means that like the richer some countries get, the way poorer other countries get. Mm-hmm. You know, and now in the information age, we can like that's like we're a Google search away from seeing the destitute like poverty, you know, and toil that other countries are into. And that also brings another level of the nihilism. It brings it like, hey man, you thought like you know, having like two cars, two TVs, like a swimming pool, you thought like that was all cool. Well, check this out. This person like you know, like sleeps on like a bunch of cardboard. And they feed like eight children, you know what I mean? And you see that. And then like, what's crazy is like those children probably work in like a mine that mines the minerals that go into your smartphone. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, we have this new level of understanding, the interconnectedness, <coughs> the information ages we're in, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a, it's a situation. You know, you know to I mean? be honest, I I think overall that's a positive thing. I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely depressing, but it's a necessary depression. I, I agree with that. And I was actually thinking about like a number of things as I was driving here. Climate change is one of them. Mm. I think in order to beat climate change or to mitigate the effects, we need to see the world as a connected community. Yeah. For example, previously, the idea was like different nations fight off against each other. Right. Like country A fights country B for resources. Country mm. A wins. Country B loses. But really with climate change, there is no enemy that you can stick a sword into. No enemy that you can shoot. And the only way we'll really deal with climate change is if everyone says, okay, let's reduce emissions collectively. We're a collective whole. And that means reducing profits. Oh yeah. That's what, that's what companies hear. Like, you know what I mean? There's no bullet that you can buy that kills the climate demon hmm. that's why the gun companies are not sound and you need the gun companies to make any win you know on a global level you know but like yeah i completely agree with you i think we should start looking at each country as an organ in a functional system because the problem with now i feel like globally is that every country wants to be the same thing hmm. it's like all organs in the human body wanting to be the brain they all want, want to replicate the british empire yeah really yeah. like uh, all these countries want to replicate what britain did yeah like a single core 
with naval vassals all Everywhere. around them. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, the British are definitely a very good model of modern empire. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the sun never set in the British Empire. Absolutely. Speak, you know what I mean? I was going to say Rome, but th- yeah, good point that you made with the naval strength hmm. of the British. It's what allowed it to... didn't have to be connected with land. Well, the thing was, like, I mean, Rome is just... Or rather, I should say, Britain is just an evolution of Rome, which is better yeah. sea technology. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's depressing, but I, I really feel like we need to fight off this, like, wave of nationalism. I think nationalism mm. has, like, really grown in response to globalism. Yeah. But the thing is, like, nationalism is such, like, a a powerful force. Like, it's so powerful. And it's so easy to, like, to get into these, like, culture wars. For example, I'll just throw yeah. one out there. One that we've mentioned before. And by the way, I'm, just, I'm not just targeting Greece. I'm just mentioning it because you're, you're yeah. in front of yeah, me. Yeah. But, like, the Alexander the Great debates mm. like hey man I got him on a ring on my finger so. really yeah you know Matt and, and I'm not talking about the history of that you know I'm not jumping into the history but like yeah. what I am saying is these two countries like you know because he, he was such a like such an overwhelming figure like yeah. they both gravitate towards them and and that itself is like tension mm. like both in, in that sense both want to be the brain or the muscle mm. both countries and, and they want to link themselves to a to a symbol of muscle or brain but when it comes to fighting climate change, I think we have to get rid of like these nationalistic myths of like one culture or one person triumphing over another culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that's the golden term I think that you mentioned there with nationalism. It's like nationalism or Nazism more specifically is a response. Like you can only have Nazism with it. Well, as Zizek says, Slavoj Zizek, he's like, Nazism or fascism grows when there's in, in response to what is perceived by the population as a intruder, mm-hmm, right? Sure. So in Germany, you have the Jews, for instance, uh, and, and etc. Like, there always is an intruder that's trying to disturb the purity, but the, and this notion of purity is bullshit. It's a projection of the past, you know? But yeah, no, I think, I think we ought to be nationalists, but on a global level. Like, you How know does that I mean? make sense? Like, we should all look to the earth and the world as, like, we're loyal to it. And you know what I mean? I agree with that. You but know what I mean? But I, without, I think... without trying to obviously kill, you know, and, and make up, like, uh, fallacious intruders and all that kind of stuff. Basically, I guess I'm gay. I'm basically saying communism. Really lame, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I agree The utopian you. idea of communism. that. I'm not a fan. I'm yeah. not a fan of the utopic idea of communism. I, I, don't think, I think it's that's what it is. I think it's utopic. Me too. I, I, I'm definitely progressive. See, this is the thing I was saying earlier. Like, I look at like the utopic ideologue, ideologies surrounding like all these notions and like personal past. I'm like, man, those aren't real. Like, mm. those are, like what you tell yourself to like jack yourself off. You know what Giorgio says yeah. in, in comparison to this? He says yeah. comparisons about like you know utopian capitalism or uto- utopian anarcho-capitalism or utopian you know stateless Marxism is like that's Goku versus Naruto (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly what does that mean exactly yeah (laughs) I remember you telling me the same shit I agree it's just like it's like hearing people like debate endlessly about like which system or which like deviation is better I'm like man you're like this is like almost indistinguishable like between like going on like a forum at 2am in the morning and look like two people like fighters like who'd win the fight the guy from Metal Gear Solid or Splinter Cell you, you know what I mean it's like who'd win the fight Musashi from Vagabond or, or Guts from Berserk and like some yeah. dude is there like I'm telling to spin out pages of lore and trying to like yeah. 
look it's cool it look it's cool that these ideas are focused around like saving people and, and like kind of stuff they genuinely are but there's a lot of people that just like to jack themselves off about how much wisdom and knowledge that dude i've seen this literally mm. happen dude i like i used to go to like those socialist meetings at university i've seen people like sit there and like spout on about like the the sermons of like communism and socialism to pull chicks really like that, that's not like like it's weird how you're surprised wow like that i'm like, actually surprised that, i'm like I, you but see i that. shouldn't be surprised yeah yeah you know honestly I, mean? I shouldn't be so it's just like are you actually doing that in service of the people you're doing that because you want to look cool <laughs> you know what I mean? and i can say i look at you know what i can speak from experience when it comes to philosophy and like you know spirituality i guess like you know, i've definitely done that in the past as well and i feel like too that that doesn't doesn't really help you man you know what i'm saying but i don't know Nonetheless, I think like with climate change, I've stopped checking all the recent updates and the news because oh, they're, they're really depressing. Necessary depression, but like still really depressing. Like I don't like turning on the news and like seeing like, hey guys, looks like we're not going to meet the 2040 mark. Like what dude, the fuck now? <laughs> dude. Like, you know? Every time like Scott Morrison would come on TV and say like, eh, it's, it's, you know, it's not that important. Like I would cry inside. Yeah, and uh, you know what? A part of me said when I was like seeing him come on TV and say all that kind of stuff. I'm like, there was a sliver of, of within me saying like, I hope he's right. I hope everyone's like <laughs> stupid and like somehow he's the genius who's mm. like, no, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's gone to that that absurdity level. Like, yeah, I yeah. Just, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, no, we're all just wrong. It doesn't the, exist. The, there was a post I, I saw recently it involved the uh, the green frog Pepe. Oh yeah, and it said like, you know, one of those green arrow text or green yeah. text, and it said like, you know world has problems don't think about them problem goes away <laughs> <laughs> it's really that simple yeah, that's yeah. it man that's it i've seen that one as well you know what i mean yeah out of sight out of mind exactly well, that's the mm-hmm. most dangerous thing i feel like with climate change is because like for us in the west the the biggest perpetrators and i don't mean on an individual level a lot of companies push like propaganda campaigns to put the responsibility onto people like you and me absolutely like workers 100 the biggest problem is the companies and the corporations that are like pumping out all this bullshit and then like you know doing that kind of stuff that's not sound right but the thing is what's and this is what Zizek said I love his take on climate change is like we won't believe climate change like on a very existential level until we are the results are in front of us because like when absolutely we walk outside now like we can walk apart from the shitty weather that we have at the moment like the crazy floods and shit that's been happening Mm. if we walk outside on like a normal day like and you walk through the forest even you're like what climate change man everything's sweet like you don't see it you don't see it you know you you only see it in the extreme cases of like flooding fires Mm -hmm. etc and all that kind of stuff well actually look I'm going to Greece now and I just read the news and there's going to be a huge heat wave coming yep like exactly. an enormous heat wave and I'm like oh god well and, I mean I'm happy for it <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. you know on that point I 100% agree and I've actually thought about this because I previously thought about doing a climate change podcast yeah. but then I'm like oh it's too depressing like legitimately I, I just don't want to Dude. read facts that say like the world yeah. is screwed in 15 years yeah I feel like I'm um, too young for that yeah I feel my friend Quentin would be if you did want to do it I feel like Quentin would be good talking because we've talked about this millions of times and mm-hmm. he's, he's like extremely aware of it but he has like a good attitude behind it okay um, that's that's like, cool <laughs> he's not necessarily optimistic like I'm not saying like he's like no I just don't want to do mist yeah 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 that, that's the thing it's like yeah but his sibling is also heavily involved in like the like I'm pretty sure they know the person you know the person recently that like locked themselves to the car 
at the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I, I don't actually. Like there was a big thing. Like this person, like they they locked themselves the car as an act of protest against climate change. Pretty sure they're part of that network mm-hmm. of like hardcore activists, which is cool to see that. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. I would personally never do that, but like I wouldn't like shout out to them. I guess yeah, shout out to them. I guess yeah. Hey. Yeah. But but back to that previous point, mm. I I think it's fantastic what you said about Zizak, and and one thing that did come to my mind as I was thinking about the possibility mm. of a climate change podcast is that until we see our cities burn, yeah, humanity is like okay. Let's take another example. Mm. You know, in America, a lot of the med- medication that gets produced mm. is like how do you you know lose weight after you've gained a lot of weight, or like. Mm. How do you fix a problem? It's mm. never prevention. Yeah. It's always like, I need a cure because I've like basically eaten junk food or I've like, mm. has it, I haven't exercised for 28 years. Now I need a cure, yeah. which obviously is, you know, everyone knows is not as good as prevention. But I think that's what we need in terms of climate change. Until we believe and we see our cities get raised and destroyed and floods eating mm. our cities and destroying people, until then we won't believe it. And you can actually see this in the political spectrum yeah. in Australia. After the 2019 fires, the Greens have actually won a lot more seats than ever before. Yeah. And I think that's because people are like, oh, we're actually going to experience climate change. Yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. some serious stuff. And mm. I feel like humanity in a way, this is like an adolescence growing period. Yeah. We need to see the, the, the consequences before we act it's like first it's like the first time getting beat up at like 16 you make the choice of like oh i want to start fighting classes to defend yourself you know what i mean i feel like that like mm. in terms of that yeah has like, that ever happened to you i never got beat up i just started fighting classes because i'm like fighting's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, but yeah no uh, like preventative mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean but uh, yeah i think you're 100 percent right man i think you're 100 percent. it's a shame though another thing i will say on the whole climate thing like a lot of the activists that i've seen and dealt with like on a personal level Socialist Alternative at University of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> also, UNSW. Also, UTS. Uh-huh. Also, Socialist Alliance. Uh-huh. Well, what about Macquarie them? University. <laughs> you know, Just going to list every university. <laughs> and all their <laughs> socialist groups. It's like, what it, what's interesting is like a lot of people, a lot of like progressive political groups that mean, probably mean well, like a lot of them use climate change as a means to like grow their own personal like, you know, circle of jihadists. What does that mean? <laughs> Explain what that like, means. Like I mean, like pe- there's like there's like political groups out there that use like climate change as a means of like you know pumping themselves up and like you know say, oh yeah we're gonna do all this stuff we're gonna do all this stuff we do this with that and like in reality they're not doing anything they're just using climate change to leech off clout they're getting clout off it and that kind of stuff which is the thing I don't like seeing it's a lot of dishonesty even within like you know the the activism side but there are definitely some really good activists out there sorry this is a very niche problem. But like I just see that, like yeah. you know what I mean. I'm like I see like. But a that's lot of not like a climate change problem. That's no, it's like a political if, problem. If it yeah. wasn't climate change, it would be like corruption. Or yeah, they'd no, no, find yeah, another yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, another definitely. thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to name drop that mm. <laughs> because you know you see it, you see it sometimes. But yeah, no, I guess yeah. I mean, look, who am I, man? I'm not an activist, so yeah. I guess they're all, they're all better than me in that respect, genuinely. Uh, that's that's honestly, uh, sometimes I feel like that too. And also, I, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm thinking about transitioning to, to one. Really? Um, yeah, I, I am. Why is that? Partly because I'm of like... Korean barbecue. Fuck, man. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. I'll eat the salad and cry. I'll <laughs> eat the rice and salad. Yeah, I'll, I'll cry. Eat kimchi. Eat like a yeah, kilo I'll, of kimchi. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll bring my own kimchi then. Just <laughs> cry and eat it. But yeah... 
But that's right. Respect, honestly, respect. Like as a Greek person, and you know how much this comes from a Greek person. Yeah. You know, respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, most people that are like vegetarian, I, I deeply respect. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's sick, man. Keep yeah, going. I feel like you know, obviously, I don't know. Some people do it for the clout and stuff, but like, mm. I think there is a there's a moral aspect and I also Mm. there's a quote that a lot of vegetarians slash vegans use which I think is true they say something like if those slaughterhouses were made out of glass Mm. so you could actually see through it eating meat would probably be like banned yeah and and I think there is some truth to that because I've seen videos of that shit I see I approach that in the same way I approach climate change I'm like I logically know that that's something there yeah but I'm just not jumping in yeah I just just can't do it yeah yeah I, it's definitely doable. To be honest, most look in an idealistic world. Sorry, an ideal, yeah, ide- in an ideal world. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think meat isn't sustainable. I, I genuinely believe that. But uh, if you're going to be vegetarian, my advice is like that's a lot harder than just being normal, obviously. Like in the, in the margin of error, like, uh, and I mean of real error, as in like fainting <laughs> and shit, really? running out of energy is like way much of like a big deal than like just not eating meat. See, the thing was, I actually like, I actually went vegetarian yeah. for a period of time in London. Yeah. So, I, I was... Oh, maybe I'm talking about veganism, not vegetarian. Vegetarian uh, is definitely easier to do, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, yeah, no. But, yeah. Like, I was saying, like, veganism, sorry, just to, I guess, to highlight that point, is, like, there's... Like, if you f*** it up, you could do some, like, really bad damage to yourself. Really? Yeah, you can, like, there's, like... Some, Where have you heard this, like... There's, like, a, there's been some studies and shit, some videos... I've watched on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Like, you have to be eating the right proteins because you don't get complete proteins. You get, and the only complete protein you get from like vegetables is from soy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that provides you complete protein. Most proteins you get from plants are like half proteins. Basic. Long story short, I'm not gonna get into the science of it. I don't even know if I confidently would be able to get it, even if that was a choice. But basically, like, you have to eat one plant in combination with another, so those proteins can become you know a singular protein in one digested and whatever the fuck and like there's also that kind of shit there's also a whole bunch of really healthy shit that meat gives you that like plants don't give you and like god i just want to be moral why is it so hard it's to be hard. a good person it's definitely <laughs> hard dude it's f-ing hard man it's hard hey man this is me i can tell you sitting and tell you about all the dangers about the dopamine addiction of youtube social media all that bullshit here mm. i am you know every day on youtube mm. i've been such a lazy recently mm. bro. i've been so lazy how bad has it gone oh, really has it gotten bad. really bad like really bad like i mean like i mean like there's no self-hate around it which is good <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm free to do whatever i want you know, anytime yeah. i want but uh, i don't know like i finished exams like three weeks ago and i'm like finally i can relax mm-hmm. what does relaxing mean it's going on youtube facebook and shit you know what i mean i've just been i've just been really lazy i've just been really lazy because like i'm going to greece soon in two days actually in mm-hmm. one day after today and I'm like eh I don't want to start anything I don't want to work on anything whatever man I'll just sit around and do nothing I've been really bad but it's it's definitely been a challenge in its own way normally when I get to like this I really hate myself I get really neurotic but you know what? I'm not for the first time ever I'm just like okay I'm here I'm doing nothing <laughs> I'm like okay that's sort of cool I guess definitely not something I want to keep up though uh-huh. definitely not. Well, that's basically what the Buddha did for the last 60 years of his life I'm here I'm I doing would nothing rather, <laughs> I would rather yeah. <laughs> yeah, I browse Facebook and YouTube and then Instagram me and Buddha are the same then watch a movie me and Buddha are the same god I no. wish I could meet Buddha the thing <laughs> dude I just give him I just give him a hug give him a kiss yeah <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'd be too scared to meet him 
main him would be Arjun, you know, ha- bra boy handshakes me we mean buddha like we on it <laughs> like yeah. this what you told told us recently about no, buddha talking to oh, him oh yes, yes that's the thing that makes me nervous man i'm like fucking what the fuck man if i mean you're like long story short for the viewers basically there's this monk studying <laughs> under buddha or something like that like being a monk means you have to be celibate right mm-hmm. this monk broke that and then the buddha told him like you're better off like putting your d- <laughs> in hot coals <laughs> than like being here yeah and, and you know because you broke celibacy or whatever yeah, yeah. like shit man he was unhinged well <laughs> okay i okay, I'm, I'm telling you what i would do to the buddha the buddha would probably knock me out okay to be to be honest yeah. like too sinful <laughs> too <laughs> just sinful. take me out it's like <laughs> it's like one fist switch uh, yeah no See, I, I always I read that, and he was it was going off on the dude. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah, I don't know. B- because like, I don't know. That's it's a lot story, of that's yeah. a lot of emotion. That's a, that's like he was project. Like if someone were to tell me that, like, man, think about if that that's happened. That's a lot of today. hatred, man. Yeah. Think about if that happened. Someone would, like the, the other person would turn around and be like, bro, you're projecting. Shut the f- up. You, know, you got yeah. your own problems if that's like on the tip of your tongue, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like you thought about all these places. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about all these places where my d- should be, whatever. And you're like, like insulting me for it. It's like, yeah, man, yeah. you got problems, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> how know? I feel. Yeah. Like no. it, it just feels like if the approach is like non-attachment, like you're really attached to this guy, like yeah, you <laughs> really want to see him. Yeah. Hell, hey. yeah. You really want to see him, like you know, him suffering his music to your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So, okay, it is recorded in, in, in the canon. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, it just breaks this idea of the Buddha that I've yeah. had. Or may, but maybe at the same time, yeah, you could you say... see a Buddha kill him. Yeah. You know? That, mm, that's hell a, yeah, that's, that's right. Buddha and by the way, to the FBI listening, we're not we're not actually advocating for murder. Killing, yeah, murdering <laughs> Buddhists. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's I, it was definitely a weird thing. I guess, like, the thing that I comes to my head is just, like, you know, you should, like, ask yourself in what way you're engaging with the Buddha, which I guess is behind the koan of if you see a Buddha, kill him, mm-hmm. which I feel like what that koan is meant to say is it's, like, you should heavily consider and continuously reconsider what your projection of Buddha is and, like, your relationship to, in quotation marks, Buddha, because that can be a source of suffering too. Mm. And like, you got to stop that. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like that's what it's trying to say there. And I feel like whether or not this, this monk incident happened, I feel like, whatever, man, leave it in the can. If it upsets you, honestly, honestly, if it genuinely like frustrates you and you're like a Buddhist theologian scholar who's like pace, gym pacing around his room, be like, wait, wait, is this correct? And like freaking out about it. Or yeah. Whatever. And then I think the, the lesson there should be like, you know, reconsider your projection of the Buddha. Mm-hmm. It goes for most people, you know what I mean? For like most like idealistic situations of like, even to yourself, like, oh, where I want to be. Like, you know, there's this like that quote that I saw recently, which like is really in the mood of me like doing nothing all day. Is like, hell is on the last day of your death, you see the person that you could have become. Oof. That's such a, that's such a thing to think about. Mm. Like, oh, that's, that's really <laughs> Yeah, bad, you know. Yeah, that that kind of eats at you. Oh yeah, imagine that. That's like Asian. Is that not like Asian parents syndrome? Of like, yeah, always telling yourself like, no, I could always be more. I could always yeah. be more, and like, fucking you up entirely because of that. You know whatever. I think I was pretty lucky. The the did you get that? Yeah, I was just had to touch yeah. upon that. I I didn't really like my parents always pushed me academically. Yeah, but for example, like they never said like, 
you know, the big two, doctor, lawyer. I was never pushed <laughs> yeah, to do right. that. And when DL. I told them that I okay, wanted oh. to be a teacher, they're like, yeah. yeah, hey, if it makes you happy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I just re- I just had this thing, like the doctor, lawyer thing in my head. I just had this skit of like me being a parent and like telling my son because I know I will have a son. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> my loins. <laughs> it's coming. It's a son. But the thing is like going up to him is like, let me tell you the DL. All right, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the down low. Like, what is it?" And I'm like, "Nah, doctor, lawyer." <laughs> <laughs> it's a shitty joke, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's cool, man. Interesting. Wait, can, can I ask why do you why do you think it's a son? Like, how do you know this? Oh, I didn't know. Just, you just in your in your in your in the soul. So uh, <laughs> in your heart of hearts, <laughs> you're like, I know it's <laughs> bank of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, man, the thing is. Okay, this is a this is a high school story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this one friend called Peter. I'm not gonna keep him anonymous because mm. he's my friend. But shout out to Peter. Shout out to Peter. You know, P Diddy. <laughs> and like he's like, no, nah, bro, I'm gonna have a son, bro. I'm gonna have a son. I'm like, yeah, why? Like, it was like, like, what about a daughter? He was like, no, f- that. Like he was what? saying it like he had a choice. Yeah. <laughs> he was like saying like a good pick. Anyway, so Peter's mum, who was a psychic. What? Yeah, well, <laughs> she what? was a psychic, dude. Her job, I'm what? not even what kidding. What does this mean? Her she's a psychic. Dude, her professional title is psychic. Okay. Like, I'm not, like, people, she's booked in. At, is this on a LinkedIn page? No, well, no, this is, <laughs> yeah, I guess I would be, it would be, right? And she's okay. also the author of a book, a psychic novel, but not a novel, sorry, an actual, like, book, but autobiography, I guess. But, no, she actually has a practice. She practices out of Kingsford, what do you call it? Kingsford, Kingsford Medical Center. She, like she has her own medical room center. There. Yeah, medical center. Have, have, she has her own room. <laughs> has like crystals and shit. Like you lie down. She like does all this like hectic spiritual. Th- I'm not even kidding. Have you that. been there? I've been there. I've been there like twice. Oh, and she's done all this hectic yeah, spiritual yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's right. crazy. Like I don't know what to make of it at the end of the day. Okay. But I'm like, you know, cool. That's hectic, I guess. Hectic but shit. Tell, tell me about it. Like, so, so she, she promised you to have a son. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Like, what happened was Peter's mom. Like, I used to go to Peter's house regularly, and every single time Peter would get into people, Peter would regularly, because you know, wog parents. As a wog myself, I could completely relate. You know, fighting with your parents is like a real thing. Okay, but it's also like a nothing thing. Okay, how how far do you take the fight? Do you ever throw hands? No. Okay, that's barbaric. Okay, well, well you could you need to use another term. <laughs> Arguing with your parents, you can't say fighting. Matches, okay, like, all right. Yelling matches like okay. over nothing, over nothing. <laughs> like people next. Door, I've had this with my parents, man. People next door like think we're having the domestic. I've had a friend. I've had a friend. Think we're having the domestic, dude. I've had a friend. I've had a friend who has guns at his house, right? Yeah. Like legally guns. Like mm. he's got registered guns, like firearms or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, you know. And one time he was he was having a yelling match with his dad over nothing. The neighbors thought they were having a domestic. They call the cops and they go over, and then they take his guns. And they they both like, dude, this wasn't like a thing. It's like, yeah, I know, but it's just procedure. We just have to take him for two weeks just in case because, you know, whatever happens, domestic gets too serious, someone pulls a gun. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So yeah, Greek Greek people, normal shit. Okay, so that law would not happen in Greece. Maybe there's a law. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Okay. But the thing is, man, what was really funny was that Peter was, as I was there, like Peter was like yelling at his mom. Right, and then like <laughs> she, I was like sitting there just like laughing because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. This is mad, yeah, like, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> and, um, she, turn, she turns around and destroys him in one sentence. You know what he says to him? 
Peter, I can see it. Now you're going to have seven daughters when you're older. <laughs> I can see it vividly. You're going to have seven daughters. And Peter's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm just sitting there losing my shit. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what the f-? From a psychic. From a psychic. Seven. Seven. Are you sure it was seven? Seven. She said seven. That's Peter, a lot of children, dog. You're going to have seven daughters. Oh, That's we'll a lot of children, homie. We'll see if it's true or not. But like, it was fucking hilarious to just see that happen. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's funny. Yo. Like, Peter's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it went Mom, like, took that back. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious, dude. It was so funny. Okay, so so yeah. basically, you just feel like you're having boys. There is no Me. psychic oh, no, told I'm you. Like, I'm trying to put like a, what do you call like positive affirmation, positive projection. <laughs> like a, what's it called? Attraction. What's it called? Law of attraction. Yeah. Where you like, you visualize. Yeah. <laughs> you like visualize your, your what you want. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, yes, the million dollar lottery. I want huh. that. I'm going to have it. I'm, when I'm 24, it's gonna, I'm going to have a million bucks. Like, I know it. And then you do that with like a kid. You do that with a son. You know, you know someone son. asked the author yeah. who wrote, I think the book's called The Secret. It's not a big uh, secret then, is it? <laughs> Sorry. And they asked them something to the extent of like, well, what happens when like poor children think of food? And they're like, next question. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. Next. What's it? <laughs> 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 I think the whole spiritual world is like bullshit. Like, honestly, I think a very large part of it is bullshit. Yeah. Like all that, that entire world. Like, I think it's dumb. Like, Be- because I think fundamentally, they're still, you know, like they're still projecting outwards. This yeah. idea of like, if I do something spiritual inside that would translate to like material wealth or, or material gains yeah. outside. Well, it's yeah. like, if you look at Buddhism or Taoism, it's like, if you're completely okay inside, it doesn't matter what outside exactly. is. Yeah, it's very much like a religion of attainment and like paying dividends of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a religion, that's a subscription. You know what I mean? Damn, like, I feel That's good, man. <laughs> I feel like that's a, a real thing. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest problem with Christianity. It's like a religion of prescription, you know what I mean? Or subscription, where it's like, you know, Catholic Church back in 1600s you know mm-hmm. the more money you gave yeah. the more better seat you'll have in heaven you know, kind of like Scientology do you just criticize the, the Catholic slash Christian Church because you are in that that I guess environment and you yeah. can criticize it uh, I guess my question is like this would also apply to like I don't know Judaism or insert another uh, faith right that's a really good question I'd say it's a very great question I feel like the reason why I have a problem with the Christian church is because a lot of its development in its adolescence was in Europe. Mm. And we attached like very European ideas of, you know, idealism, utopic, utopia and all that kind of stuff onto it. And I don't know, I think a lot of things went wrong. As far, I feel like Christianity, like, look, the birth, the birth of Christianity as an institution started with, you know, in Constantinople after, uh, what's his name? Emperor Constantinople. Constantine. Constantine. Constantine, Where he, with the Nicene Creed, sorry, the the Council of Nicaea, not the Nicene Creed, that's a hymn. With the Council of Nicaea, where he started to, where he blended church, religion, and faith with politics and power. Like, that's when he kind of, like, he sat in during a meeting to provide a legitimacy. Then within his line, I think him or within his line of king, emperors, like what do you call when like governors he started replacing governors in in areas where rome or eastern rome was now we call it constantinople but eastern it was called rome at the time 
where Rome was, he started replacing them with, with you know, priests or whatever the high word, for bishop, bishops, what's the, I don't know, some word, some holy person people <laughs> with authority. With the biggest hat. With the biggest hat, you know what I mean? And like, you know, the, that that's the beginning of the institution of Christianity and like the way it's been implicated with power and politics, it was from like day one. That was like day one, right? I feel like Christianity got really drunk off that. And like throughout all the Middle Ages, that's essentially what Christianity was. It was shit fights between the popes and kings and also other variations of Christianity coming up. I just did a unit on the medieval ages, you know, for uni and shit. So it was basically always back and forth shit fight. Who's got most power? Who's got more authority? Who has more like spiritual legitimization shit? You know what I mean? And like, that's like, I feel like you can't have that in a religion that concerns like it's too material, man. It's too material, man. And I, I can't dig that. I f- Dude, when Christopher Columbus found America... Or not found it, sorry. He was... He didn't find America. The first He walked America, onto it. He walked onto it. And the first people... first Europeans that go into America were from... You know, they were Vikings. That's true. You know? So, I guess, you know, historical, historical accuracy. But he said his journey to find India... He was trying to find India. Mm-hmm. And he thought it sailed the other way. And then he found South America by accident. That's why there's a slur for South American people... Indians, people mm-hmm. from India, they did for the longest time, is because that caught on from people thinking that they were Indian, because Christopher Columbus, you know, obviously. In his book, on his personal diary, and he's also memo to, like, the king that sponsored this, I think it was a Spanish that sponsored him yeah. to do that, he wrote, for the in the name of prophet and God. Not prophet, like P-R-O-P-H-E-T, like prophet, like prophet Muhammad, prophet. Not like any, like, literally prophet, P-R-R-O-F-I-T, like money, mm-hmm. prophet and God. Do you know what I mean? Like, those two tied together. He also thought he was going to go find the Garden of Eden. Like, actually thought. He really? Was to, yeah, he genuinely believed that he was going to go find the Garden of Eden. Because, bro, back then, they thought these places were real, man. Yeah, man. They thought they were fully real. Like, they thought, like, yeah, this is a legit thing. And then that led to, like, him getting there and saying, all these people, we're going to do them the favor of converting them to Christianity and, like, you know, enslaving them and killing them and, you know, all that kind of crazy shit. Like, that's the biggest problem I have with Christianity. It's just like, it's more about power than it is faith. I like Christian. <clears throat> I like Christian. I like Jesus. I like Jesus, what he stood for. I appreciate mm-hmm. the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you read them like a proper person, like a maybe like a Gnostic, like esoterically, mm-hmm. you can extract some really good wisdom from them. And you don't even have to be a Gnostic. I feel like you just have to be a not an idiot. But then you are, you would have to read the sacred text in the Bible in an esoteric manner, meaning that, for example, there's a law in the Old Testament which says, like, you can't eat shellfish or something. Yeah, right. And that would mean you need to transform that. Like, almost in a way, you would need to do extra reading to a passage. But, like, do Christians want you to do that? Isn't that, like, interpreting the law of God? That's, like, the crazy thing. Like, I don't know too much about Gnosticism. Like, I've looked into it here and there a little bit. Gnosticism is really cool, extra law-wise. I think there's genuine wisdom in it. Esotericism and, like, Gnosticism. I think that's true. But, I said this to Gio. This is my my ultimate and personal take on Gnosticism. Is the fact that, like, why the f*** do I have to be a scholar to understand the intricacies of life? Like, that's bullshit. That's so bullshit. When there's the Buddha on the other yeah. side of the globe that like says like a smart man could do this, a dumb person can do this, the richest man can do this, and the poorest man can like become enlightened, and like that's what convinced me. And like, dude, like before I went to Vipassana, 
like we were all reading Jung, we were reading Ion mm-hmm. and shit, and yeah. like there was like little nuggets of like golden whatever the fuck throughout it, I guess, you know. But I'm like for all this like work and reading to 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 understand that. Welcome to another episode of What in Buddhism Was That, hosted by Stanley Ching. If you're wondering, did Nicholas finally lose his mind? Did Homeboy just clap into the microphone when describing reality? Has he taken his medication today? Fear not, impressionable viewers. Nicholas was actually referring to the doctrine of emptiness, popularized by the Buddhist philosopher Nagarjuna from the Midyamaka school. In Chan Buddhism, or Zen Buddhism as it is known in Japan, one of the key tenets is that reality is too complicated to ever be encapsulated into a single word or notion. If anyone is familiar with Taoism, another core Eastern philosophy, you can see this mirrored throughout the seminal text Tao Te Ching. But especially in the first line, the reality that can be named is not the true reality. This idea of vagueness and indescribable was further popularized by English philosopher Alan Watts, who would hit a gong or a bell every time he explained what reality was, further pushing a similar idea that life, the world, and this should not and cannot be explained in logical terms. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our weekly edition of What in Buddhism Was That? I've been your host, Stanley Ching. This product is not sponsored by any third party. Viewer discretion is advised as there may be severe side effects such as impermanence or non-attachment. You know what I mean? I'm like, and then you go to Vipassana, and you shut up for 10 days, and you just like, you know, you do the things that they tell you to do, and you're so much like genuinely existent, like you feel this. I'm not saying like, oh, I intellectually understand how the world works out. No, that's not a part of it whatsoever. You experience how the world is actually like, which with Gnosticism, I found, out of the scholarly side of it, is like, endless theory endless stories endless like connections and intertexts and like you would have to be like a iq of like 120 plus to to understand <laughs> like maybe a little bit of the world you know what i mean like it was yeah. i found it so like what's the point this is like your there's all this extra hard work to do like this is like the hardest way to enlightenment and you know what i mean actually on that i've got two things i, I want to say mm. firstly that point i agree with like 100 mm. percent. there's <clears throat> two things that have been told to me and I think both are fantastic in The Gateless Gate Mm. uh, which is a book of Cohen's which by the way is the coolest name The Gateless Gateless Gate Gate. oh damn that's that's so damn cool I was trying to find it out of Kuno Kinyo Mm -hmm. let's see I couldn't find it and one of the one of the Cohen's is like I'm butchering this but something to the extent of like if you look for fire you know you can look for fire with a lamp etc but if you truly understood what fire was for you would have just cooked your rice instead yeah and you're yeah. like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. But the idea is like, if you jump into the, and this is really the idea of a koan, like a riddle for anyone who doesn't know. If you jump into these riddles textually and you try to understand it in a scholarly manner, yeah. you will get nowhere. Yeah. And that's on purpose. Yes. Because they're yeah. trying to actually lead you away from this. You get to the end game scholarly you know, build, the RuneScape build, yeah. and you realize, like, you've done nothing. Yeah. And there's one more thing I, I want to say on that before I throw it to you. My friend actually said something which I thought was really intelligent. If you compare 
the philosopher pose. Have you ever seen the philosopher pose? The thinking. That's it. Yeah. If so you like, compare... For, for those who can't see us, it's like... I actually have it here. You oh. do, actually. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Socrates. So, basically, he's standing... No, sorry. He's sitting with one arm on his armrest and another, like, arm to his to his head slash temple. And he's sort of leaning on it and, the, and he's, like, thinking. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen... Just look up ancient Greek thinking pose. Yeah. And you'll find it. And if you look at it, there's really one thing that stands out to me. Firstly... It's how hunched he is. Yeah. It's a hunched position. It's a yeah. position which actually closes it's you retreat. from the rest of the world because yeah. you retreat into philosophical thoughts. Mm. You retreat mm. into like the utopian thought of the mind. Yeah. But if you compare that to the Buddha's position as he meditates, it's one of Back straight. openness. Yeah. Completely yeah. receptive to the world. Mm. Mm. And I think on the point of like, well, I have to read Hegel yeah. to understand what a good person is you know etc stuff like that exactly man and like to be honest that's like my biggest like i haven't read actually a single book since vipassana for that reason the only books i have read were like you know shunryu suzuki and i'm in the process of reading dt suzuki at the moment but like just books that emphasize what you're saying basically and that's that's like the thing that's like my biggest parting in philosophy i think after vipassana and being like initiated into like the the buddhist sort mm-hmm. of way of things the way of things of the Tao. But yeah, dude, I, I think that was my biggest fallout with philosophy, life philosophy, Jordan Peterson type people. Mm-hmm. Kind of Clean your room. Clean your room. Take I'm a like, shower. Exactly. I'm like, that's not going to help you. <laughs> but no, I think you Take two it. showers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could take a bath like a man. But, but yeah, like, yeah, that's my biggest part with philosophy because my, my, fascina- my original fascination with philosophy has always been like, I want to see the world. I want to be a tourist of the actual world and of my mind and of my body right and then the the, the mind path of the, was like psychology and philosophy all my books there on that shelf you know haven't touched them in a while but like I realized the secret of the world wasn't there and like I would say I did more reading than the next man you know what I mean like you did a lot of reading I did a lot yeah you but read you read Hegel's you know big FU book I didn't finish it no that way. book is just like it was crazy. I had like I, to read that book. Yeah, I gotta have two books open and a YouTube video on it. At the same That's time. ridiculous. It's crazy. Literally, just just sit and meditate. Yeah, like, legitimately, yeah, just yeah, yeah. sit and like exactly. look at some trees. Exactly. Look dude. at that ant. Look that's a nice ant the right there. Yeah, Touch literally. The grass, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how I kind of felt towards it. But um, but yeah, I guess to wrap it around back to the Christianity thing. Look, even if you read the Bible without esotericism or without Gnosticism, which require the same amount of like you know lore update. You know what I mean? You know, it's like. There's some good lessons in there. There's this this Buddhist story in the 1800s or 1900s. One of this church student, like a student of the church, I think it was like the Protestant Wait, this church. is Buddhist? You say Buddhist? Yeah. Okay. So this, there was, in America, there was this Protestant, I think, student at a church, and he went to on a mission in Japan, and he met up with a Zen master, and he showed him a passage from the Bible. I think the passage was something of like, seek nothing outside of yourself. Something along the lines of that. You know what I mean? So some Christian passage, I forget. I wish I could remember because then it would make it way more juicier. But well, just look it up. Like you would be thrilled. <laughs> and then the, the Zen monk turns to him and says, sorry, the Zen master turns to him and says, this man, whoever wrote that has reached enlightenment. So it's like there's compatibility. You know, I just have a big issue with the 
Christianity mm-hmm. as the institution it's become. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like any bit of it. You know what I mean? I don't think organized religion is that great. Yeah, I can't really speak that much about Islam or Judaism. Not they're really. also organized. They're also organized. So I'm sure they. I'm, I'm sure they fall into the same, same trappings. Yeah, yeah. That well, they're all also Abrahamic too. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they'll have a tendency, and they're all as well conflated, sorry, implicated on the the conspiracy of empire, you know, and religion, you know, in the same times. So yeah, hundred percent. I can't talk anything about Hinduism though, and ancient right. mythology. We call it mythology, but to them it was religion. Ancient mythology was sick. Absolutely. Like, the way that they dealt with that was really cool. 100%. You know? And actually, there's two things I, I want to share. Talking about... Do you know what... So, you've used it before, but do you know what the mm. Tao actually translates to? <clears throat> the way of things. Yeah. Right. The way yeah. or probably a more accurate term is like the path. Mm. Mm. The path, the way, the... The path is probably the best word. And what I love about that is because if we make a, a vagabond reference, you know how Musashi... After he's, he, he takes out the seven, his ego starts to grow. That little yeah, disgusting yeah, yeah, yeah. smudge. Yeah. And he gets rid of it. But but like it's always a constant battle. Yeah. And what I love about the word the Tao or the path is that it implies the journey is like never ending. Yeah. There it's is no... always happening. It's always happening. And so that I love that word. I, I just think it's so apt yeah. in capturing it. Definitely. And talking about Hinduism, which, oh my God, I love... This is one of the coolest stories in Hinduism that I've ever heard. Mm. So basically, for people who don't know, in Hinduism, like you get to different like stages of like godhood. Yeah. So there's like different planes of existence. I think there's six realms, and if you get to the you know the the quote unquote best, mm-hmm. that's godhood. But the idea is you're still within the 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 wheel of samsara. Even right. if you're god, you can still like yeah. you know lose karma or you know get reborn into another yeah. realm. And there was this really powerful god who got born into I guess the god realm. And then in order to just flex, he was just building all these palaces, uh, building all these lavish buildings to the point where he was like draining resources or he was tiring out his workers. So one of the workers go to another god and try to get, you know, please, can you help us out? Like, can you slow this guy's like frenzy? It's way too taxing. Like, please just slow him down. So this god transforms. I think it's like a slash, like a joker god or something. He transforms into... A young child mm. and he enters the palace mm. and then the the god who's trying to build everything you know out of respect you know like you know speaks to him and, and you know invites him to have an audience with him and then the child the god masquerading as a child starts crying right and the god the the builder god says like you know why are you crying i've given you everything look around you every tile has gems and rubies in it yeah. why are you crying and he and then he points at an ant on the floor and he says one day your kingdom will turn to dust and be the size of that ant mm. and everything before you will be swallowed up by the passage of time right and then the hindu god after hearing that loses all ambition to build because he realizes he's still trapped within the realm mm. of samsara interesting <clears throat> interesting that's cool it's so like, cool this god is like a creative mode in minecraft <laughs> and then someone says like you know this is a game right yeah. <laughs> you know the next patch is coming out <laughs> <laughs> you know like all this shit's gonna go soon right? yeah dude that's it yeah see nothing like that exists in christianity and christianity is always about like increasing faith increasing faith increasing mm-hmm. faith increasing faith and like and it's all like the point of death marks like the the uh, the threshold of like okay you've done whatever you've done in your faith now to see where you're going to spend the rest of eternity very linear 
no circularity whatsoever. Well, no can... level of impermanence is really appreciated in the practice of Christianity. Because Jesus, like, emphasized it, but the practice didn't. Well, you can actually see this this focus on the linear, even in, like, the European idea of, of years. It actually addresses that in the in the Hindu story you just said. Like, it senses the linearity, yeah. and, it, and it attacks it with the circularity. But yeah, 100%. Sorry. And if you look at the years, like, in Christianity, it's like, Jesus, and then plus one, plus one, plus one. Yeah. Every year is plus one. Mm. But in a lot of Eastern cultures, it's like, you know, you're the tiger, and then 12 years later, you're the tiger. We've got a minute left, I guess. So, wrap, it, wrap, up. wrap it up here, man. We, we can talk for, like you said earlier, we can talk for ages on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us, everyone, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. And I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this was the friend simulator that you wanted. Yes, yes. And if you didn't like it, you can dislike this video and none of us will ever see that because <laughs> they're never shown. You know? So um, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's your loss, homie. Yeah, your loss. I Man. am losing sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be in Greece in two days. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is uh, probably the first of many new podcasts that's going to come out of me. I mean, obviously, I'll probably still focus on like, you know, specific topics and shit. Like mm-hmm. when they come up, like I'm down to do that. Yep. But you know, this is the first of a new type of podcast, Friends Simulator LPE, where we just talk about anything and any, anything. Maybe if I have enough fans, they could come in and, uh, I don't know, send me messages and I'll reply to them on mm-hmm. air, on mm-hmm. record or whatever. Yeah, well, I did a Q&A. Yeah. That's something you should consider. It was actually really fun. That was really fun. I have 40 subscribers. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I have. I probably have, <laughs> probably have less than that, so... <laughs> off <laughs> dude i don't know how many i have i legitimately have no idea how many i have because well, spotify doesn't tell you it tells you oh yeah hey it doesn't do they it, it tells you for music doesn't tell you for podcasts okay well yeah. i i don't know how tells to you check views. it out. it doesn't tell you follows oh, yeah well either way f hope you've enjoyed this and if you want to see more consider liking and subscribing please check out stanley ching's personal facebook page and personal messages yeah <laughs> and <laughs> also yo I and just want to give book. a sh- shout out. Yeah, well, shout out to the book. That's probably the most important. But I also want to, you know, touch base on you. Firstly, you know, LPE. Oh, but okay. apart from that, also your you your album. Give it a shout out. Oh yeah, I made an album. You all should go check it out. It's gonna probably. I'm probably gonna just include it in every description I ever yeah. make. <laughs> yeah, from now until. <laughs> you know, X Y Z. Yeah, it's gonna be on my resume. Yeah. But, nah, man, I'm keen. Let's do. I was going to say, when I get back from Greece, let's do a podcast on your book. Yeah, I'm in. Done. 100%. Done. And I'm probably going to do a podcast with Pyramid Missions or all that shit. Yes, sir. Maybe someday you know, do a podcast on my LP, EP if you want, or whatever. Everyone jacks each other off. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we hold hands, we run around in circles, love exactly. it. Wear flower crowns. But yeah, guys, thank you so much. And uh, this is Nick and Stanley signing off. Adios. Thank you tuning into Safety Lost with Stanley Ching. If you enjoyed this, then please leave a rating or a comment. I hope you're leaving with a new idea and make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and other places that can be found in the description.